Let's begin by looking at the beginning part of this exhortation uh, as he tells the church here, tells us that we ought to uh, be strong and understand it's in the power of his might. And folks, let's just realize tonight uh, to relieve you of some maybe some unneeded pressure upon you. Remember, it is his might that's giving you the victory. It's not it's not this thing that I can muster up like the what's the little children's story rhyme where it was the little train that could or whatever. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. No, that, that, that's that's kind of referring to my own power, my own strength. But what I believe he's talking about here is that this is the Lord's strength and it comes from me yielding. Do I have a part? Of course I do. It's not just like, OK, Lord, um, do your life, live your life for me. No, it is actively yielding. It is an action yielding to him, obedience to his word and allowing the spirit of God to live out the life of Christ. And that's where we're going to experience uh, his might, because he tells even in and uh, Zechariah, he, he tells us that it is not by might nor uh, by power, but by his what spirit, saith the Lord. It is the spirit of God that empowers and strengthens. And so as we move down here in verse 11, he says, put on the whole army of God, the whole armor of God, excuse me, the whole armor of God. What is what is he speaking of right here? It's interesting the word he uses on this whole armor. It's uh, the the actual Greek word is panopolia. And swear that I'm not sure what song it is. We have it in one of our hymns, Mike. Remember, I think you've even, you know, described it or gave a definition of it. But the panoply. Yeah, of God. What song is that? I came. Christian soldiers arise. Soldiers of Christ arise. You know the panoply of God. It's the. It's, it's talking about the complete armor of God, and that's significant because we can't just pick and choose what piece of armor we're going to have. It requires the whole armor. It's all got to be there in order for us to be effective in the spiritual warfare that is. Before us. And and so it is the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the wiles there, he's a he's a tricky being. As I mentioned this morning, he is super intelligent. And and he is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. And he can't be everywhere at all time. He's not all powerful. So he does not have those attributes that only God holds. However, he's been studying the human race, human beings for thousands of years. And he knows where we're weak. He knows where to go after us. And some are, are different than others. But, but he knows exactly. He knows the buttons. The demonic, the, the principalities, they, they know, they are aware, if you're living for Jesus Christ, they are aware of your buttons. They know. They, they are, they're intelligent, spiritual beings. And they're very real. We can't see them, but we know they're working. We can't see good angels either, but we know they're working. 
They're messengers of God. They protect God's children. And they're, and they're actually uh, also fighting with the evil demons. We know that from the book of Daniel. We see that painted for us. How they uh, combat there in the heavenlies for the glory of God for here on this earth. How you have the kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. And certainly we understand that this battle is raging. But the devil, he knows. And so he's going to try to put things in place that are going to really go after your weak points. Um, and so I hope you're aware of that. And, and that is an encouragement to us. Not to cower or just to be full of fear and be afraid in that sense. But it's why, hey, I need to really make sure I got the whole armor of God on. And so that's the point I believe Paul is making here. That we might be able to stand against the, the wiles of the devil. And then, and then we, verse 12 explains that, look, this is not just human power we're talking about. This is not just flesh we're talking about. And I, and I ask you to keep this in mind. And I think this will help you in the context of not getting bitter against your fellow human, okay? Um, there, there are some really bad humans out there, okay, that, that, that are just vile in their imagination on what they want to do to harm people and hurt people and take advantage of people. They're, they're out there. But in, there's in no way do we excuse that or condone it. We don't, we don't do any of that. But what we do understand is that there is a greater power that is behind that evil. That's what this is talking about. The people that hate, and people that murder and destroy and deceive, those people, yes, those are actions that, yes, they still have to be held accountable for, of course, our justice system and just accountability and justice in general. Yes, there's going to be that. There's going to be accountability. But at the same time, I need to understand that I don't, I don't need to be as, be, be, as, be as hateful to them as I am toward evil itself. Satan himself. This is Satan's work, we can say. I can, I, can, I can channel my righteous indignation, my righteous anger towards Him and the demonic army that He has working for Him. I believe that can, we can have a righteous indignation towards that. But then we pray that God would rescue these agents of the enemy. These channels of the enemy. That God would rescue them from the bondage of Satan. And let them be broken free. Um, and I trust that we will keep that in our, in our minds, in our context. That I know we look at some people out there and, you know, you, in your own world, wherever you are, wherever you work, wherever you live. You know, perhaps some people that even hate Christians or hate the Bible, you know, whatever the case may be. Well, in some ways, have compassion. Because there's a greater force of evil that is seeking to govern them. 
And we need to be mindful that, hey, the only thing that will break them free is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, may the Lord help us. So we see that it is the wiles of the devil. And then verse 12 describes of this great, this great warfare that's taking place all around us right here in Jackson County or wherever you're living. And it's taking place. And sometimes it may even be taking place, not, not trying to be spooky or anything like that, it might, but it might be taking place right in your neighborhood. At times it could be taking place right in your home. Because we know that we can give place to the devil right here in Ephesians. If you look back two chapters, it, uh, the, the, uh, Paul told the Christians there, hey, be angry and sin not, neither give place to the devil. So Christians can easily give place to the devil himself, to his work, to his agenda. And we, ha- we have to be guarded. That's why I want to encourage any, anybody here that's struggling with any type of bitter, angry, jealous, envy, lustful spirit. Just get it right with God because you are opening yourself up to the demons of hell wreaking havoc on your life. I, 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 hey, listen, I'm, you're talking to somebody three weeks ago. I, I confessed uh, to you as a church that that was a struggle. I was being a hypocrite. I was being an angry man and, and, and with an angry spirit, going to, even going to my own house. And God is, God is helping me and setting me free from that. And, and I thank God for that. And I, I want to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, but I realize I just don't want to give place to Him. And so we got to get the whole armor of God on. Don't, don't hesitate. And I love to look across this sanctuary tonight. And I see God's people who I believe are wanting to take a stand against the wiles of the devil. And I want to thank you, brethren. I, I love you. I appreciate your heart for Christ. Being in your place, seeking to let God speak to you in tonight's message and this morning, whether you're here or wherever you were, I'm just thankful for your faithfulness. So let's talk about the whole armor of God on, on putting it on and, and keeping it on. The Christian life, we are to never, if you, if you will, we're never to, to go on break. This is... This is the idea when he says here, if you notice in verse 12, he said, having your loins. The idea there, the verb tense is there, is that's always having on. Okay? It's, it's, it's a continual process. And he says here, your loins girt about with what, church? Let's say that together. If, you, if you're not sure where we are, we're in chapter 6 of Ephesians Verse number 14, he says, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So let's look at the Roman soldier for a minute. I'm not sure how this picture is going to show up on the screen here, but hopefully it wouldn't be too small. Uh, it's uh, let's see what we got here. Are we going to be able to show that, Brother Billy? I'm not sure if we are or not. But in, in, when we get there, Mike, you may be able to. I'll turn the. Nevertheless, use your imagination for the meantime, okay? The first one is the, the loins girt about with truth. That's, that's basically his belt. The soldier's belt. 
And that indeed is, is one, of the, one of the most important parts of the armor because of how it holds everything else together. And this is a belt, what we could call integrity, a belt of truth. It is, it is indeed where the other parts of the armor will be connected to, especially where his weapons are held, and specifically the Roman soldier's sword that would be upon that board. And that makes perfect sense, right? The sword of the Spirit, truth. You, you can't have truth apart from the Word of God. And so we understand that those things uh, go together as we realize, as we think upon our loins girt about with truth. And that's, and, and by the way, another thing that goes back to our, our loins girt about with truth and something I think the Lord's helping us here at the creek to grow in is just being real. Being real with one another and our struggles, real and where we're desiring to go in our, in our, and the desires God's put in our heart to accomplish where we are in ministry, where we are in our families. There's so many seasons. As I, as I think about our church family tonight, I think of many of you, uh, quite a few. I mean, if I, I, I got to count down the other day, and, um, and it just, I was like, I was thinking, wow, many of you have parents right now who are in seasons of needing more care. Um, and, and I am thankful for the care you are giving them, how you're seeking to minister to them. Uh, everyone's in different seasons of life right now where there are different challenges. And I think it's so important that we just be open about that. We'll be open about that struggle and, and, and whatever the case may be. But, but there's just that integrity there. There's that, that truth. I, I don't have anything to hide. Isn't it a blessing as a Christian to live like, as if, and if you don't, have anything to hide. <laughs> There's so much freedom there. That when you can get with some people that you trust and just say, Hey, brothers, pray for me right here. I, I am really struggling right here. Man, you just, boy, lift them up. You talk about it. It's freeing. And we want that here at the creek. And something that we're finding even at Freedom That Last, meeting together in small groups. That's helpful. And I hope you're doing that. I hope you are making every effort just to have that, that belt of integrity, that belt of truth, just being real. Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And we know that's Him. So we see here the belt. All right? Having your loins girt about with truth. And then, secondly, we see having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Now, what does this consist of? Well, this is talking about just seeking to live a righteous life, of course, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we realize that sin in our lives is going to give a crack in the armor for Satan to get us. Sin is... Uh, in many ways, it is the, the misuse and abuse of something that is normally right and good. But it has been perverted by satanic powers. And it's called sin. And we, we see that every sin is only a per- perversion of what that which is good. 
of that which is good. And so we have to we have to put on this breastplate of righteousness to be in the will of God. And that is being right with the Lord daily. I, I tell you, that, that's something that uh, someone made a comment uh, or a phrase one time as we were getting ready for. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a missions trip or a, a revival meeting. And, and one of the points was is that we ought to strive to be thoroughly right with God. <laughs> thoroughly, com- truly, completely right with God. And the breastplate of righteousness, of course, is going to protect the heart, the lungs, those vital and internal organs that we have. And, and are we going to be able to get it, Mike? Okay, no worries. But those, that that breastplate on that Roman soldier would protect that. And with you walking with the Lord in righteousness every day, that's going to help you against the wiles of the devil. It's going to help you against the darts of the wicked as he seeks to take you down. And you say, how do you do that? Well, you just keep uh, keep it confessed daily. You keep to just rejecting. And it's that whole that idea with stand back in our text where it said there in, 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 verse, in verse number 11, And verse number 13, specifically 13, it says that you may be able to withstand. That's a little different than just standing. Withstand carries the idea of resisting or even opposing. Opposing. It's more of of not just a defense, but an offense there that you're basically saying, hey, be ready to rumble. Be ready to resist and fight. Fight as if your life depended on it. I'm afraid that sometimes I don't fight as, my, as if my life depended on it. When it comes to spiritual warfare. And, and you know, and Paul was painting the picture here. It is, I mean, you look it up. It was often that when, when Roman wrestlers in competition, especially in the arena, when they would get to fighting, the guy that lost would get his eyes gouged out. That's how humiliating it was to lose one of these fighting matches before the, the arena. And that's, hey, that's the picture that Paul is saying here. And, and, and basically what the winner would do was be able to put his, his foot, his foot on the opponent's neck that had been defeated. And what Paul is saying here, you put the whole armor of God, you've got to fight. With the power of God, but you gotta be in it with your, your, your volition, with your energy, with your intellect, with your emotions, your whole being has got to be in fighting this spiritual warfare. In other words, it doesn't come by just putting the cruise control on. It's gonna be intentional. <laughs> it's, it's going to be decisions we're making every day of repentance, of yielding, submitting, praying, seeking the Lord, being in the Word, being fed, being in services like this one where we're just allowing the Word of God to fall right on our hearts to help us to take that next step in the battle. I think we might have it. Let's try it. Should we try it? All right. Is that the one right there, Mike? Okay, that's the one he got up. We'll work with it. So the shield here that we have, we'll get that in a minute. But right now we're on the breastplate of righteousness. We see 
how much that covers the whole uh, top side of this, this soldier and, uh, and protects him. And your life being right with God is going to give you great protection. So I trust that you will do that daily. And then also, we not only see uh, that we have the loins girt about with truth and the, the breastplate of righteousness, but then, thirdly, notice, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, you'll, you can't really see it in this one, but you see his sandals down there. He has the straps that, that come all the way up halfway to his, his calves there. Uh, and that is to bring that great support. And also, these sandals that the Roman soldiers would wear would have somewhat what we use in sports for football, so, uh, soccer, uh, baseball, whatever, uh, cleats. Uh, they, they would be to give the soldier support. They would be to give the soldier stability. And so that when he does engage hand to hand combat or whatever it is, he's, he's strong and, and he's supported and he's stable and he's sure footed. And here it's speaking in the context of the gospel of peace. Now, this part of the armor uh, speaks about the peace uh, with God and the peace of God. Thankful the, the gospel brings peace. Amen. It brings peace to the human heart. When I was reaching Muslims in, in the country of Niger, living there for three years, uh, those people don't have any peace. They, they have no peace at all. They have a lot of religion and they, they, they go and they pray, many of them faithfully, five times a day. Makes a lot of Christians look pretty, pretty uh, slack. But the thing about it is, they don't, they don't have any peace. They don't have any foundation. They, they do it for all the wrong reasons. But the fact of the matter is, we have a peace that helps us to be stable. And I, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but if you're lacking peace tonight, I'm telling you, the devil will capitalize on that. He, he will expose you. Because it is so important for God's people to, number one, be at peace with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave us peace through the cross, having abolished death. Amen. He's given us peace. But get this, not only do you have peace with God, but then you have the peace of God. And don't forget this. This is where a lot of Christians say, oh, yeah, I got peace. I got peace with God and I have the peace of God. But then I would ask you, where do you have peace with man? Because you can't have peace with God if you don't have peace with man. And that's why it's so important just to forgive offenders, enemies. You forgive them and you give them over to the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm forgiving that debt. They offended me. And I'm releasing that debt to you as you have released my debt. And the peace of God will rule your heart when that happens. And if you do, the devil can't find a place there because you're going to be stable. You're going to, you're going to be ready to, to, to use the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith because 
you are, you have the, the, uh, the, the, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's why the Bible says as much lieth in you, live what? Peaceably with how many people? Now, let's all admit this tonight. Is it true that it that this verse is saying that it's there will be situations where you can't live peaceably with someone? Yeah, certainly it is. But what it but what is teaching us is that you as a believer do your part. To live peaceably with them. And if the other person rejects that and they don't want to be at peace and and for whatever reason, you release that to the Lord. And you just say, God, I've done my part. I've I've forgiven. I've tried to make peace. And now, Lord, I'm just going to go on in life with your hand upon my life. The good hand of God. I'm going to move forward. And you can't sit there and feel guilty about it. They don't like me or they hate me or man, it's my fault. No, don't do that. You've done your part and you continue to pray. And like we I teach here often, keep the bridge there. Don't burn your bridges. I'm telling you, don't burn your bridges. Because years down the road, through a miraculous work of God in someone's heart, he can turn it. And the next thing you know... Wow, God has brought some form of reconciliation. (laughs) And and only he can get the glory for it. But it's going to be when God's people are really peace lovers. They're going to they're going to seek to be at peace, at least do their part and realize that sometimes it's not going to work. But you have a heart that you want to be a peacemaker. Jesus said something about that, didn't he? He said, blessed be the. Peacemakers, for they what shall be called the children of God. Mm. That's powerful. By the way, as one brother put it, peace in the Bible is not the subtraction of problems from life. Peace is the addition of power to meet those problems. So you're having your feet shod uh, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And it's, uh, again, it's speaking of a prepared foundation. And, of the, and the gospel surely gives that footing in everything we do. Because we know that we're not just saved by the gospel, but we live in victory daily by the gospel. Because we reckon ourselves, our old man, to be dead indeed into Christ. Uh, uh, dead indeed, but, uh, but ourselves, our new man, alive Unto Christ. We're so thankful for that, aren't we, church? That we can live the new life. And may this be a reminder that no matter how powerful the rest of your body is, if you're wounded in your feet, you're easy prey. And if you're not at peace, with God and man. It's a scary place to be, brethren. I exhort you just to be at peace. God will give you the power to do it because it's in His might, as He says here. So, 
we have our footing and our foundation. So let's go to our next piece of armor. And that's in, found in verse number 16. He says, above all. Now, this has been taken a couple different ways. It is saying, in, in a, some say, in addition to or plus the things that have been mentioned, you take the shield of faith. But I also believe it talks about a priority of the shield of faith. Because get this, if you don't believe God can provide the power and the might that he says he will provide, then what good is it? You're taking the shield of faith is believing and taking God at his word. And that's what's going to be able to quench because the devil's going to come out and get and sow. He's going to sow discord. He's going to sow doubt. He's going to sow discouragement. He's going to get you to look at things in a way that are going to build anxiety. He's going to get you to start making up and using your imaginations. And that's why Paul said, you've got to cast it down. Casting down imaginations and everything that every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. It's pulling down those strongholds. That's, that sh- that's what that shield of faith will do. It'll, the Bible says, notice how many of the fiery darts it will quench. Wherewith ye shall be able to what? Quench how many? Oh, you ought to underline that in your Bible. You ought to underline that word all. A-double-L and circle it, put a square around it, highlight it, put beside it, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. Fill in your Bible. Give, give attention to that word all because the devil's going to do that. Boy, he'll really work on your emotions too. Oh boy, he'll just, he'll just get over there and just tickle the ivories on your emotions. Your feelings. Man, they just get all tore up. Hmm. How do you combat that? Shield of faith. Say, no, Lord, I believe you're going to take care of me. I believe you're going to lead me. I believe you're going to provide for me. Doesn't mean you're going to deliver me out of all my troubles in the sense, but he will deliver us through the trouble. He will be with us. Doesn't mean he's not going to let us go through the fire. I mean, can we not understand that our Bible does not teach that type of doctrine? Even starting from the very first all the way. I mean, think of Moses. I think of Joseph. God, God, he didn't have to go to the pit, I guess, but he did. It was God's plan. And, and, and he went through what he went through, but God preserved him and used him. And, and, and God showed forth his glory. But that shield of faith, it's, it's able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Are you holding it up? Where are you doubting right now in your life? Just because you run into some resistance, just because you run into some some kind of situation, it's not, it's not a time to start doubting. Remember, those that are born again are born to win. The Christians are born to win. Because we're on the winning side, right? We are born to win. And the sense of to walk in victory, even through trials, even through failure, even through loss, we will come out, if we stay focused on the Lord, we're going to come out on the winning side. It's beautiful as God's plan. That's why it's beautiful. Take God at His word. And I, I like this quote that I 
that I read, I believe it's in um, the Red Sea Rules. How many of you have read that one? I believe his last name's Morgan. It's a little hardback book. It's probably like 90 pages. But he says sometimes you have to believe contradictory to the way you feel. And that's just so very important. You have to believe contradictory to the way that you feel. And get your emotions and your heart in line with Scripture. And let the, let the feelings catch up later. And go have a cup of coffee. And if you're drinking good coffee, go by Starbucks and get you some coffee. Sorry, Brother Tim, I didn't realize you were here, brother. I did realize you were here. Brother Tim's like, no go. All right, well, Dunkin' Donuts then, okay? Or some of you old faithfuls, just stick with the old good old Maxwell House and Folgers, okay? But nevertheless, we see that it is important to hold up the shield of faith. And that shield of faith, as you saw in the picture here, you, if he knelt down behind that, uh, and, and it would cover his whole body. If he knelt down, he could get behind it, and it would cover his entire body against the arrows of the enemy. And your shield of faith will protect your whole life. Your shield of faith, I believe, men, you've got even some room where you can gather the wife and kids behind you. Whoever you are, you're the leader of your home, single dad, single moms, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are, you hold up that shield of faith. And sometimes you just tell whoever's with you, hey, maybe they're having a hard time believing. Maybe they're in a season of doubt. Maybe they've given up. And you get in front of them. And you say, we're going to believe God. We're going to trust the Lord. God's going to lead us and help us. Be that one. And if you can't be that one, find someone that'll do that for you. I know my sweet, loving wife, I have found myself many times behind her shield of faith. Spouses, you ought to be there for one another. Sometimes you're going to be able to hold it up for your, for your family, and the other one is not. Young people, trust mom and dad. They believe God. They want the very best for you. They're going to call out to God. They're going to pray. They're not perfect, but they will hold up that shield of faith, believing God's got the best for you. You trust them. That's a shield of faith. Because God already said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And you say, God, you've told me to do this, and I don't understand what mom and dad are doing right now, or all what they're doing, but I'm going to trust you. That's a shield of faith. It's believing God. Then, not only do we see the shield of faith, but let's see the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. There, in verse 17, uh, this is, uh, protects what I do believe is talking about the thinking. If you don't, if you don't have your head on your shoulders, of course you can't do anything. You gotta, you gotta be able to function with reasoning and thinking and, and, uh, and, and knowing for sure and whom you have believed. 
And and we understand that this helmet of salvation uh, that we we with the the Bible says for for with the heart, man does believe unto righteousness. But we're able to understand that with the mind God has given us. And one of the things that we understand, I've heard it often, is the devil will attack the mind. The battle is in the mind. So you and I have to have that helmet of salvation, knowing that we've been bought by the blood of Christ. So that's assurance of salvation. And then knowing that God is going to provide our every need. He's going to supply our every need. And trusting in his goodness and his greatness. And the devil's going to try to get us to doubt that. He's going to try to get us to, to think we're getting the short end of the stick. And that's what he's going to do. But we put on that helmet of salvation. Maybe if you struggle with, again, the whole idea of bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, perhaps lust. Uh, this thing of uh, this great temptation that Satan has brought upon, especially in, in this last two decades. And how e- easily accessible it is. And that's pornography. Men and women are tapping into it by the millions. It's just, it's a pandemic, a spiritual, uh, it's truly, it's truly uh, an awful situation. And it's what, what does that do? It attacks the mind. It just pollutes the mind. And, and people of God, we gotta, we gotta guard against that. And we are for people being delivered from that and not being in bondage to it. We want to be a church that realizes, hey, this is a place where you can get help. I, uh, I was, you want to just share with you just the providence of God, how he just, he does things. I was so encouraged yesterday. We took the teens bowling. We had, a, we had a great time. I was able to embarrass myself a little bit. And uh, I'm glad, Brother Caleb, we had the little, what are the things there on the side that come up for the kids? Huh? Bumpers. Amen. Caleb said, I asked him, why you got those bumpers up? He said, it's for the children. It was for him, too. And me. We had a good time. And, you know, um, but while I was there, I got a call. I was actually getting ready to walk into the bowling alley. And it was the fact that Susan calling me saying that uh, Thomas had just fallen just a few minutes before then, fallen off and uh, the ladder and really injured himself badly. And they're calling the ambulance and everything. And I'm up there in Gainesville because we it was God's providence. Cause we were originally remember Caleb. We had booked the place in Athens. We booked the place in Athens, but then we called to make sure the day they said, actually, we have lanes that are closed, that are shut down. We're not going to be able to accommodate you. So it's like, oh, man. So now we got to drive 45 minutes to Gainesville. We're like, okay, let's just do it. It'll be fun. We'll do 45 minutes to Gainesville. Let's all. And we booked it, got on the phone, worked out perfectly, got up there in a very nice place. So it was a good, it was actually a good deal. It was better financially for us, which I think is a nicer bowling alley. And we went there. But listen to God's providence. Why I'm going there, I get a call and Susan says, he's been hurt and we are at the Gainesville Northeast Hospital. I'm literally just a few minutes from that hospital. Well, I'm able to go over there from the bowling alley while the kids are bowling. And I went over there and had prayer of the family. 
And Brother Thomas, he was able to talk there. He just got on, on the back with had a neck brace and had him laying on his back. But I, I, I think upon that and I, I, I just think of God's providence. God's goodness. And, and leading us and, and helping us as, as we walk with him. But I, I, I was in that, and that's just where I was going. I was in that, I walked in that emergency room, and it's like it hit me. Like it never has before. And I've been in the emergency rooms many times to pray for you folks that have gone there and, and, um, and, and been in the hospital. But this time it's like, it was just kind of strange. And the Lord said, Brinson, this is the local church. And I got to thinking about that. And he said, basically, this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying. I'm not hearing an audible voice. But listen, the, the local church is, is an emergency room when God's people are going through things in life where they need an emergency room of spiritual assistance. It's also not only an emergency room, but there are operating rooms. There are surgery rooms where there just needs to be some deep surgery done. And then I got to thinking about the fact that sometimes it's just a rehab room. Perhaps it's just a, a place where you've had surgery, a place where you've been hurt, and you're just trying to rehab and get it back to full strength. Sometimes it's the doctor's. That you're, God's put you in a place to, to br- help bring healing to a, another member of the body. Perhaps a nurse or some kind of worker. But everybody there in that hospital is, is doing something. Either ministering or being ministered to. Is that not the local church? And I think when it comes to the, the armor of God. And we, we see in closing the, the, the sword of the Spirit. That is our offensive weapon. That's what Jesus used against the devil. That's what you and I use. And, and that's, that's, what, that's what we're going to be victorious with. If I asked you here uh, tonight, how many of you are currently memorizing the Word of God? Amen. I couldn't raise my hand until about three weeks ago. And I'm embarrassed to say that. But I'm going to say it because I'm not, I don't have anything to hide. I wasn't memorizing Scripture like I should have. I've done in years past. It's been a while. But man, I got them freedom that last. And it's like the Lord says, all right, buddy, son, it's time to get back at it. It is so important that we memorize Scripture. Hide God's Word in our heart. Meditate on it. Get those verses back out that you used to memorize. Review them and get them renewed again. Pick out short passages, maybe just one verse. You struggle with a certain sin, get on verses that talk about that sin and memorize God's Word. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That I might not sin, that I might not sin, thy word have I hid in my heart. Let's, let's get back to allowing the word of God to get in us so that we can have the whole armor of God. Let's listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word. Let's read it in our devotions. Let's just be enamored, consumed, covered 
and dwelt by the living word of God. That, my friends, is the whole armor of God. And that is a practical daily step that we take daily. Let's walk through it just reading the pieces again. The first one was the loins girt about with truth. Be real. Be, be, be firm in what God's word says. And then we understand that not only that, but we have the breastplate of righteousness. Being right with God. Having your feet shod with the preparation of gospel peace. That's being at peace with God. And having the peace of God. And announcing the peace that comes from God. The gospel. It gives us our footing. We take up that shield of faith. Where we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We take that helmet of salvation that protects our mind. So we can have thoughts centered on Christ. And things that honor and glorify Him. And then we take that sword of the Spirit. Which is the Word of the living God. Recently, National Geographic ran an article about the Alaskan bull moose. Brother Jeff, we'd like to go hunt some of those, wouldn't we? That'd be a blessing. The males of the species battle for dominance during the fall breeding season, literally going head-to-head with antlers crunching together as they collide. Often the antlers, their only weapon, are broken. That ensures defeat. The heftiest moose with the largest and strongest antlers triumphs. Therefore, the battle fought in the fall is really won during the summer. When the moose eat continually. The one that consumes the best diet for growing antlers and gaining weight will be the heavyweight in the fight. Those that eat inadequately sport weaker antlers and less bulk. There is a lesson here for us. Spiritual battles await. Satan will choose a season to attack. Will we be victorious or will we fall? Much depends on what we're doing right now. Before the war begin. begins. The bull moose principle. That's enduring faith. That's strength. That's the wisdom that God gives us to don the whole, to put on the whole armor of God, aren't you thankful tonight, church of God, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? They're not fleshly. They're not donated by the United States government. They're not found at Walmart or Target. They're not found on Amazon. I know that's hard to believe. But ladies and gentlemen, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. And we will pull down strongholds. And we will prevail against the gates of hell. They will not hold up with God's help and with God's power. Let's pray. Lord, I'm grateful. Lord, that we can be preparing now. Lord, wearing the whole armor of God, growing in grace and the knowledge of Christ. Lord, I pray that tonight you, you spoke to hearts. I pray that we would all realize that it is a battle. It's a real battle that's raging for the glory of God. Satan is seeking to take it away and rob him of his glory. Help us as your children, Lord, to stand and to withstand, to oppose, to resist, to fight the good fight. Lord, I know it's easy for me to get up here and preach this message to some degree in this nice, nice 
uh, controlled temperature room with a group of people that I know love me and pray for me and, and, and are so kind and are here listening. It, it's easy in that respect. But Lord, I'm praying for tomorrow. I'm praying for Tuesday. I'm praying for Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I'm praying for my brothers and sisters here. That, Lord, when we leave out of here, when we meet those folks around us, when the devil's going to try to get after us through various trials, I pray that we would stand strong. I pray your hand be upon each of them and bless them mightily for your glory. Oh, God, set people free even tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed. We're just going to have a time to respond in our hearts to the Word of God tonight. I encourage you to go ahead and do that now as the instruments begin to play.